When you need internal audit, SOX, or IT audit support, contact Thomas Molinex at Revision Management Consulting. Based in Houston, Texas, his experts average 15 years experience in a variety of industries and business types. Contact Thomas today via Messenger here on LinkedIn or at Thomas at r-vmc.com. Again, that is Thomas at r-vmc.com. Woo! Hey, guys. How's it going? You know, um, we're here talking about food fraud. A food fraud? Food fraud on Friday. I like it. Ooh, food fraud on Friday. Yeah. All right, guys. Episode number 48 of the Friday Froster. You've seen the title. Sometimes you have to feed fraud, I guess. All right. So, look, let's check our audience first thing today because, again, I say this every week. This is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. Okay. So, Dan is here. Dan, what's happening? Friday afternoon party on LinkedIn. You know what? I tell you what. You guys bring the music. We'll bring the food. Hmm. Bad joke. (laughs) <laughs> Very bad joke, but I'm full of bad ones, right? Christine is here and she says, good afternoon, everyone. And Thomas says, happy Friday. Is it too early to start drinking? Thomas, it's five o'clock somewhere. And this story will probably make you want to start drinking, Thomas. It's a pretty sad one. It is. And that's why I'm trying to be a little bit humorous today, because some stuff just really gets you. And this one, in all seriousness, this one got me. So let's just dive right in. So look, in affidavits filed in federal court, The Justice Department said that it was investigating at least 15 different feeding operations. 15. They had received over $65 million from a federal food program during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, what the government is also saying is that almost none of the money was used to feed children. Instead, they're saying that the conspirators misappropriated the money and used it to purchase real estate, cars, clothes, jewelry. They went gambling, of course, because everyone goes gambling. So that's kind of the big part of the story. But let's talk about our government and how it's set up and how it allows certain things like this to happen. What happens is the government has this big pot of money that they want to give out to help a specific cause. And what they'll do is they'll give that money to sponsors and then sponsors divvy that money up to certain groups who should be held accountable for doing whatever that cause is. So if the cause is feeding children, you'll have one big sponsor at the top of the house that receives a big pot of money and will say in your city, select several sub entities to carry out the duties and responsibilities. So that is what was happening here. There was one group at the top of the house which received a bunch of money and was supposed to give that money out. A, oversaw several subgroups within the city of Minneapolis. This all happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, they didn't really feed children with the money. They did some pretty bad things with the money. 
For example, one of the groups was called Advanced Youth Athletic Development. With that group, the location where they were feeding the children that was listed was a second story apartment. They were supposed to be feeding about 5,000 children. They asked one of the neighbors if uh, they'd ever seen a child that kind of, it made me giggle a little bit because can you just see some nice old lady saying, no, there's never been any children here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of um, the big short and them going to Florida and doing the due diligence. Like, come on, yeah. people, let's maybe do some due diligence in advance. Can 5,000 children fit in this building or, you know, whatever? It, they don't have to fit in the building, but it's like due diligence. Mm -hmm. Do due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> not the poop story, everyone. That was our first episode. <laughs> You know what, though? Speaking of doing due diligence, speaking of due due diligence, <laughs> this is going nowhere fast. Speaking of doing due diligence in all seriousness, there were early warning signs, though, that this structure was bad. So an inspector general for the agriculture department, which is the government's equivalent of an internal audit function, you just do some investigating as well, in 1998, they wrote a report and they said, and I quote, since the sponsor is essentially the internal control for this program, any disreputable sponsor could abuse the program with little or no chance of being detected. That is what the Agriculture Department's Inspector General wrote in 1998 after an investigation called Operation Kitty Care, where they found fraud on a grand scale in one of the programs. So, yeah, so all you have to do, oh, oops, go ahead. Sorry, you go, Kelly. I was going to say, all you have to do if you want to be a good crook is just read some IG reports and go, oh, there's a hole I can drive a bus through. So, like, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. If you're a smart criminal, just start reading IG reports. And that's where, like, you know, it's like going to college for fraud. Yeah, or watching Hollywood documentaries like we show in Fraud and Pop Culture, right, Kelly? <laughs> Since Hollywood loves fraud, too. Yep. So what I was going to say is that the quote, I copied and pasted the quote Robert just read about the sponsors being the inter internal control for the program. The sponsors who are paid to monitor the program, I mean, they take a 15% cut. And so what is their incentive to monitor these programs? I mean, it, this is like the, again, we, we've talked about incentive plans gone wrong a lot. What do incentives motivate? I mean, this is essentially a commission, you know, to monitor and they're not going to want to shut down these uh, nonprofits that they're getting money through the government or they're going to want more and they're going to want them to be bigger. They're not going to say no when they, you know, spend way more money and get more money. They're going to want that. So it's the worst internal control ever. I can't even believe they say that that's an internal control. Right. Well, and, and to further your point, when the food hit the fan, that's exactly what they said. Kids will not be fed. And they also said jobs will be lost if you take this money away. Right. Yeah. 
Um, now I mean, it's COVID. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, what kind of person do you have to be to steal food from children? I mean, I, it's really hard to go lower than that. Well, they're rationalizing that they're not stealing from the children, they're stealing from the government. I mean, that's right. the bottom line, right? They're not, they're not even thinking that far ahead to the kids. That's a consequence, right? The, the person that they're defrauding is the government. Um, there was one other quote that I wrote down. I'm going to have to find it now. Hold on. Um, oh, I don't know what it was. But anyway, I, that's just where my mind went, went that, you know, they're not even thinking that fast, that much forward to the kids. Well, you know, here's what really upset me about this situation. Well, here's another thing that upset me about this situation. You had the early warning back in 1998, but they also did something to lower the internal controls, which were already low at the start of the pandemic. They waived certain requirements. When school let out starting in 2020 and Congress began pouring money into these food programs, the Agriculture Department waived certain rules that were put in place after previous scandals. Like, so, like things like site visits, right? Like that. Exactly. Got it. Axed because we don't have time. We just need to get the money out there. Right. Well, you know, here's what. For fraudsters to take advantage. Right. And here's what's interesting, though. In an earlier episode, I forgot which one now, we talked about this for uh, the state of Den uh, Colorado and the state of Kentucky, where they lowered requirements during coronavirus and had unemployment scams. And um, um, Christine brings up a good point. Simple Google Maps search would have gotten caught some of these things. So you have an environment where you have your sponsors as your internal control, but you're paying them 15%. Then you've also lowered the standard threshold for actually checking up on these agencies. And you wonder why fraud is happening. Like Mary says, infernal control, because that's exactly what that was. Infernal control. Yeah. Well, I remembered what I wrote down now, by the way, which along these lines of this whole sponsor position and what is their true motivation you know, after this one that you're talking about, the feeding, the whatever, feeding our future, that sponsor got raided. They could no longer, you know, be giving money to these other org nonprofit organizations. One of the daycares lost their money and they were getting $30 a day for snacks for, or a month, $30 per month for a year for the snacks that they served the kids there. A new sponsor immediately called her after trying to sell her and said, hey, you know, can you not just do snacks? Can we say it's a full meal? This would this would make you five times more much, much more money. So, you know, I mean, we're picking on this one sponsor, but this seems to be a cultural problem with this middle third party, middleman in the middle, working with these great daycare provide people that are are trying to just do the right thing and get the snack money to feed the kids. Now you've got this middle person trying to persuade them to do something else. I mean, this, I don't, I'm sorry, but this kind of reminds me of insurance agents uh, or those people that knock on your door that try to convince you that you have hail damage to get money out of the insurance companies, right? They're the middleman doing the work. You know, you're really conning those insurance companies. Anyway, that's what, what it made me think of. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
but it gets even better. So they had early warning signs that something was wrong with this, this whole entire operation. For example, when Minnesota first approved the Feeding Our Future uh, as a sponsor in 2018, in its first years, the group oversaw only a few feeding sites, and then they added on more and more. But in February of 2020, the IRS revoked their nonprofit status after they failed to file an annual report uh, for three years. So after three years, they, they failed to file an annual report. And the one thing that a representative said was that they never had an accountant on staff. Wait, no, your charity. I love that. That was the sponsor that said they never had an accountant on staff. The feed the whatever place. Uh, was that that one? I think so. Because what's funny is they also say the, I guess, founder and president of Feed the Future, Feeding Our Future, said um, if there was fraud in the network of organizations that they worked with, they had every test in place. They said, she said, every test we have in place and every protection we have in place didn't catch it. If you, I mean, if you don't even have an, I mean, maybe it's not an accountant, but I mean, what tests, what protections were in place to make sure there wasn't fraud happening? Yeah. So wait, while we're here, let's talk about her before we talk about her, though. Let's go back to our audience for one minute. Thomas says, and since the government doesn't make money, they are essentially stealing from us taxpayers. And Dan says, theft of government money doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> but Christine makes a very good point. KYC, know your charity. I like that play on the know your customer. I love that. How, <laughs> how has FinCEN or the U.S. Treasury not been added to this? Yes, I agree with that. But the lady who was in charge of uh, the, the the sponsor organization, she was paying herself a salary of $190,000 a year. That's the thing. When people hear nonprofit, they often think these organizations don't make money and they need a lot of help because they don't make any money. Nonprofits do rake in the money. They just don't, quote unquote, profit. But I know Kelly found some interesting things out regarding the young lady and I forgot her name. Amy Bach. She's on LinkedIn, guys. Reach out. She's got like 365 connections. Invite her to dinner. Invite her to Friday Roster. <laughs> oh, she took, so she, she, uh, her boyfriend got hired to do remodeling and went to Vegas. And Rob, tell me how you know about exotic royalty. Or what is it? Is it exotic royalty? Oh, yeah. It's an exotic car rental company. I've never rented an exotic car from them, but I've seen them in Vegas. I know who they are. They are definitely in Vegas, and they have some really nice vehicles. Yeah. I didn't think so people drove in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> they drive on a fancy strip, like fast cars, to test them out for lots of money. That's when they drive. So... Um, this, so she paid her boyfriend to do services. So conflict of interest, right? Related party, whatever. We've got issues there, but then obviously paid him way too much. That'd be a fun contractor to 99 to look at. Right. Um, because he ended up doing all these things with his money. clearly. And did he buy a Louis Vuitton bear? <laughs> 
No, he couldn't afford it. He only spent like 3500 or 6000 And so, yeah, no Louis Vuitton bear for him. Probably just I really a want. I really want my Louis Vuitton teddy bear. I mean, I know if anybody's know. willing to sponsor. Anybody that hasn't seen a previous episode has no idea what we're talking about. But I know. So, you guys, let's, let's just catch everyone up before they think I'm crazy. In one of our previous episodes, this woman, she stole a bunch of money and she purchased a lot of purses and handbags and all kinds of things like that but the one thing on the list that was interesting was a louis vuitton teddy bear and we looked up the price and what was it like thirty thousand dollars or something 20. like that 20 20 yeah. 20 to 30 there was a few out there but yeah that and is insane this thing better cook clean and wash my car <laughs> drive it too that's true too all right so here's some other things that happened within this scandal so there was a huge, uh, well, increase or decrease in activity, however you want to look at it. From 2019 to 2021, the number of children in Feeding Our Futures Network increased to about 400,000. That's up from 4,000. That was according to state records. The revenue flowing through the network increased from three and a half million to 197 million. So, like, this wasn't a red flag for anyone? It's a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. God, that's a whole heck of a lot of them. But get this now. In another operation uh, that was housed by this place called the Safari Restaurant, they claim to be feeding 6,000 children a day all by themselves. But that was more than the total number of children living in the restaurant's zip code. So where's Trent when we need him for data analytics? It's on my um, podcast. Sadly, reminds me of the opioid crisis and the pharmacies that filled more pills by, you know, hundreds of times than people lived in the community. So clearly there was something going wrong. Clearly. I mean, all the way something wrong. Now, Danielle is here and she says, and a lot of these small entities have people in accounting who do not have adequate knowledge base. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, so, still it's so funny. Can I go on a side tangent real quick? I was just asked. Um, so, you know, the audit and risk network that did a feature on Rob last year. Um, they asked to do a feature on me for Women's History Month this month in March. And one of their questions um was, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought while I was plugging Rob on the, <laughs> the thing. Oh, okay, I know what it is now. Oh, so one of the questions was, do you think that a CPA is important to have in the fraud field, like forensic accounting and fraud field? Or not, not good to have, but necessary, like required. And, you know, of course, my mind goes to Kelly, right? Kelly, you know, Kelly's not a CPA. You don't need a CPA. Is it helpful to have financial knowledge? Of course, but you can learn that, right? You can learn how to read financial statements, look for what's wrong. But um, Danielle's question just made me think about, or comment just made me think about how important it is to ask the flip side of that question. Does, you know, is having your CFE or just having fraud knowledge important to be an accountant? And I think the answer should be yes, and a lot of times it's not. So anyway, that's when she said they don't have the knowledge base. 
they don't have the knowledge base on fraud that they should. I think there's a lot of disconnect with the the licenses that needs to be more integrated. I don't know. It just made me think of that. I'm curious what you guys think. Well, I was thinking before, you know how we have in cyber, we have pen testers. So mm -hmm. they get paid. They're like bug bounty hunters. And yeah. you know, the IRS has a whistleblower program. But like, do people really want to turn in their neighbors? I don't know. Probably not. But like mm -hmm. what? And you know, I'm sure there are programs for whistleblowers for the IG, but like, what if we did something more like a pen testing or a bug bounty program? So where you bring in like outside fraud ex examiners to spot the inconsistencies, these huge, like these numbers we're reading in this article. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So that was just yeah. like, like, you know, because we do have Why? all these people who are wannabe detectives. Like, but yeah. you know, they got day jobs and night jobs. True. Yeah. 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 Everybody have the knowledge. Yes, it's good to have, but do we all have time for that? No, we don't. So what else can we do? I like that idea. It yeah. is like, I, yeah. Sending yeah. in a tester to a restaurant, right? I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Never have I thought of that, but that, that makes so much sense. Because when you look at some of the things that happened here, they weren't rocket surgery because here's another one. So the advance, and yes, people, I know I said rocket surgery. For those who are like, rocket surgery, wait a minute, what? Yes, I know I said rocket surgery. But the advanced youth athletic development, that was one of the sub-sponsors, uh, subcontractors up under the sponsor. Uh, that was the one where the location turned out to be a second-story apartment. They obtained the nonprofit status on a fast track. And this was through a process that the IRS had for companies that anticipated receipts of less than $50,000 per year. But the FBI said that in their first month of being partnered with Feeding Our Future, that they asked for $730,000 in reimbursement in their first month. And Again, you know, everyone thinks... Oh, sorry. Everyone thinks that, you know, there's big brother out there, but the systems don't talk to each other. Like, right. you know, yeah, the systems don't talk. Well, yeah. they're getting use excuses like the pandemic happened. And of course it spiked up and a spike is normal. You know, even if they are looking at fluctuations, they're not looking at them close enough. They're using excuses right off the top of their head or what they think the reason is and not looking into it. Okay, can I talk about my favorite other part of this story in, in the article? Because we like to uh, harp on boards a lot. We get, um, you know, we, we, I don't know, as an auditor, I, I tell auditors, audit your board, right? Look at the composition, especially nonprofits, not excluded from that. Um, look at the, the Florida Coalition for Domestic Violence and Tiffany Carr, uh, you know, huge board fail paying her millions of dollars in salary. Anyway, side note, uh, feeding the future, the sponsor supposedly had a three person board, but the man listed as the board president for three years was a bartender and an electrician and said that he had been tricked into taking the job and had absolutely nothing to do with overseeing the organization. He said he had a friend that was like, Will you just sign and put your name on there? And I was like, all right. 
Okay. First of all, you've clearly got some corruption going on with just telling somebody to be a board member and sign a piece of paper. And then what's this guy's, you know, you're going to, I mean, he's got some responsibility in this, obviously. Who just does that and says, all right, I'll just, you know, because he's getting paid, I'm assuming something. But good grief, that just has hot mess written all over it. So I've done a nonprofit embezzlement, I mean, more than one in the past, but one of them had um, directors and officers insurance and it paid for the defense of everyone, like up to a million dollars. If I get asked to be on a board, oh, there's DNO insurance because people that don't think that there's any responsibility, it's like, oh, I just signed it. No, like, I mean, my husband would be on a board and I'm like, could you ask if they have DNO insurance? Cause like, yeah, I mean, people think like, what's the worst that can happen to me? Like, come on. Yeah, the worst that can happen to you is the FBI comes in and you're on the cover of the local news. Yeah, well, you're in the New York Times quoted sounding like that. Um, uh, That's not the worst that'll happen to that guy. Yeah. Still, like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, now Dan says they have a congresswoman that was a former bartender. Hey, I've been a bartender in a past life, so I'm not dissing bartenders or electricians for that matter, but I am dissing people who would sign up to be a board member on something that they know nothing about or even allow themselves to be tripped by signing something like that and not even know they were part of an organization. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, due, that's due-due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's some kind of do-do, all right. That's Yeah. Well, but the thing is, and you guys know how I feel about double speak. When people do this double speak thing, I just it gets under my skin. So when the CEO finally spoke about uh, the one organization that was in the two-story apartment, the Advanced Youth Athletic Development. In an interview, here's what she said about the numbers. She, well, first she said she did not believe that anyone in her network had cheated the system. Now, if you are the head of some organization and you say that, then you are naive and don't need to be the head of some organization because I don't care where you work, somebody's trying to steal something from you at some point in time. Your job is to make sure that you have controls in place to try and either prevent and or detect it timely. That's it. So that that alone lets you know that she's either lying and being deceptive or is very naive because no one should even should, should, should say that. But that's when the quote comes in where Joe just said earlier about every test we have in place and every protection we have didn't catch it. Now, regarding the 5000 children that were supposed to be fed out of that two bedroom or, or that second floor apartment, what she said was, I don't know where that number came from. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. This was uh, somebody else associated with the advanced athletic development. He said, I don't know where that number came from. I don't know where the 5,000 children came from. That number appeared on the group's application to enroll in the food program. And so now they said that that number was actually wrong. Now, here's the deal. Even if that number was wrong, how are you feeding them out of a second story apartment? They didn't even address that. That's the double speak when you know people were being dishonest. That, Yeah, and it might, I mean, who knows? Maybe they put 500 and the sponsor added a zero. So maybe they were innocent, but I think the other facts show that's not the case. It's not like this was even a gym uh, to begin with. So, you know, maybe there's a different level of, of 
or different levels of fraud happening here. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. When you get caught, just just stop. Because when you start lying like this, you, someone can logically break down your story and you look worse in the eyes of the public. So I like to call doublespeak word salads. My attorney yes. has told me word salads. So that's a little friendlier, word salad. And since we are talking about food, I think word salad is very appropriate. I like that. Yours great. I always say that individuals have this uncanny ability to hold one belief while acting simultaneously acting contrary to it. I mean, that's what we do. We think yeah. we feel this way and we act this way. That's why on my website, it says my goal in life is to connect everybody's actions to their values. Bottom line. And you know, it's so interesting that you say that. Uh, one of my good friends, Jamal, posted something similar today on LinkedIn, asking if you could have a different belief, but then a different action. And I saw people saying, no, you can. And I said, yes. And I gave it, I gave a, a personal example. So, and I, and I said real plainly, I believe in helping your fellow man whenever you can. I really do. As a matter of fact, because of one of my best friends growing up, I keep a couple of bucks in my car's glove compartment. And if I see the homeless person on the street, I'll give them a few bucks or I'll go to a store, uh, a drive through buy them some food and give them some. I've been doing that since I was in high school. Now, Shortly after that, uh, shortly after high school, I saw a homeless guy. I went and got him some food. I got out of my car. I gave him some food and he cursed me out. He told me that he did not want any food. What he wanted was money and how dare, dare me bring him food. So now here's my belief, helping your fellow man. I'll tell you what happened. Shortly after that incident, I stopped doing what I believe in for probably about six months to a year. Because I was taken aback by this situation. I was partially hurt, partially shocked, and partially like, what the heck? But I still held this belief, but my actions were totally different. So I think you're right. We can have one belief and have an action that's totally different. But in that scenario, I'm going to challenge you, Rob, because I bet you did other stuff. You may not have done that same action, but you potentially could have done something else, right? So it was maybe that specific action. I don't know. I think I was pretty burned. I, I was, I was hurt. I was like, how are you going to curse me? And I, I stopped doing a lot of stuff. I just stopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I, it does though. I know it happens. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like when you're talking about ethics, you know, it's a bad thing. I think there's other situations in life where it might be okay. Yeah. Stephanie, I think we've seen the same panhandler. She said her favorite is the panhandler in Vegas that had a sign saying, why lie? I just need a beer. <laughs> he probably makes more money than anybody <laughs> and gets more beers. Probably so. Something to be an honest. Yeah. I give him credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys, episode number 48 of the Friday Froster. Sometimes you have to feed the fraud. Look, the federal government is being defrauded in so many different ways. Last year, we talked a lot about unemployment fraud, but now we're talking about food fraud. But the underlying issues are still the same. Lack of internal controls, lack of incentive structures that are appropriate, 
people dropping internal controls because there's some quote unquote greater need that's out there, COVID, children, whatever. We as taxpayers have lost billions of dollars due to fraud. And at some point in time, we're going to have to say enough is enough because our government can't continue to print money. Good summation of the problems, Rob. All right, Kelly Joe, anything else? No. Happy Friday, everyone. I know. And Thomas, if you're still here, it is five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for watching Friday Froster. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.